All right, hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. Tristan here, along with Jacob, and Jacob's going to go ahead and tell you guys what we're going to get into. Yeah, so this week in the NFL, um, it's the beginning stages of free agency. We've already seen some players being franchise tagged, um, so I'm going to talk about that. Going on in the NHL, this is what's going to take up the most time in our episode is the uh, NHL trade deadline recently came and passed. I want to talk about that and how our teams have been doing around that. And in baseball, spring training is under underway, but not a lot after that. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so first off, uh, free agency being uh, coming up in the NFL. I mean, the combine's going on right now, so there's a bit of that. I know um, I haven't really seen much from the combine. Because, uh, I, I mean, obviously the combine is a big piece, but I also think there are players who, you know, don't do great at the combine, but still uh perform at the nfl i mean look at tom brady so uh i don't put that much weight into the combine um i do know that christian gonzalez who the i'm sure the eagles would be looking at to draft has had a had a pretty good combine um i've seen some other names pop up here and there but nothing really flashy for me at the combine personally um no records being broken or anything uh but I did want to talk about free agency because that is coming up here on March 15th. Now, you said I thought free agents or franchise tagging had to wait until well, the no, free agency opened. No, because, um, well, I think for restricted free agents maybe, but I know um, Deron Payne got recently franchise tagged. Um, um, I know there's a few other others but i know Jerron payne has gotten a franchise tag i believe so that's why i meant by it's in there i know the uh, cowboys um tagged tony pollard oh i don't know how i didn't see those because i i know uh lamar is looking at potentially getting tagged uh i think he's definitely going to be and i think that the i mean let's i'll just start out i did want to go over the eagles free agents because that's obviously probably the biggest piece to the Eagles offseason uh, this year because they're losing 19 players if yeah. no one comes back. So that's obviously a huge piece of their uh, of their offseason. So I did want to go over that. And starting out talking about the franchise tag, uh, priority number one, it seems to be for the Eagles, is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's only 25 years old and... They do want to re-sign him long-term, but they're not sure that they're going to be able to come to a deal uh, yet this offseason. So it looks like he's going to get franchise-tagged. I've seen reports saying that uh, if they can't agree on a deal, that he will be franchise-tagged to try to keep him in Philly. I I personally really like him. Did you see he got fined for that hit on Isaiah Pacheco in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I, they ended up taking it back. They didn't, they're not making him pay it. But still, I he tweeted out after he got fined, and he goes, NFL, how are you going to find me for this hit? Like, I didn't do anything. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a saw, but that's getting taken back. But I do really think uh, I really like Gardner Johnson. And that's usually how the Eagles hit on their safeties is getting them second co- contracts. Malcolm Jenkins, he was a second contract guy coming over from the Saints. 
Rodney McLeod, another safety who was just on his second contract. C.J. Gardner-Johnson looking to come for his second contract. So uh, they definitely know how to find safeties that have talent but maybe not are too old yet. So uh, going over to some other free agents, the next biggest free agent I would probably say is James Bradbury. Uh, he's 29. He's turning 30 this offseason. And the big issue with trying to get him back, I'm sure the Eagles would love to have him back, but he's older and he already said he will not take a pay cut to play. He thinks he can get a decent lengthy deal. So he's probably not coming back. I don't see him coming back. And I think that plays into the combine especially and the draft because if he's not coming back, I think they need to draft a corner with their number 10 pick because they have no one across from Darius Slay. Yeah, and you don't want to go back to the year before where Darius Slay was just a one-man secondary and you, all, and you guys were getting torched a lot of the games. Yeah. But this offseason, I think, really poses a very interesting problem for the Eagles because not only do you have to replace 19 players, you kind of have to rebuild your coaching staff under Nick Sirianni. So yeah, because we think did just – so they you, already said they're getting Brian Johnson. They're still looking for a defensive coordinator. Yeah, and uh, there's a few other coaches that aren't like coordinators, the ones below them that have left as well. So, yeah, I think it it, it will definitely be an interesting off season for you guys. Um, I'm interested to see how you guys handle the uh, coaching staff, and um, I think there's a feeling that the Eagles feel like they can offset their off season losses um, in the draft. So I think you're gonna see. A lot of the Eagles focus on a few specific key players versus trying to bring back a wide variety of okay to like decent. So yeah, it should it should be really interesting to see what goes down. Uh, so James Bradbury, I think he's gone. As much as I would like to see him come back, I mean honestly, I'd like to see a lot of these guys come back, but I just know that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just not realistic, and yeah. they're probably going to want a lot of money. Uh, and then here, I'll just go over. I'm gonna speed run the players that I know for sure are not gonna be coming back. Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, drafted him a couple of years ago. He hasn't done anything since he got drafted. He's gonna be gone. Uh, Javon, Har I I don't know if Javon Hargrave is gonna be gone, so I'll wait a little bit. But Linval Joseph, he's definitely gonna be gone. Robert Quinn, he's definitely gonna be gone. Isaac Sayamalu, I think is gonna make a lot of money. And so I think that's why he's going to be gone. And then Nnamakan Sue, he's going to be gone. And Kaiser White is probably in that next tier where I don't know for sure that he's going to be gone, but I'm like 90% sure he's going to be out of there. Uh, he did a really good job in coverage because he used to play safety. But a another issue with these free agents is since they, since they went to the Super Bowl, these... Uh, their next contracts are going to be inflated so yeah. much because they played so well this season. So there's a lot of a there's a lot of players here where they're going to get too much money for us to afford. That's another issue. Yeah, and I think it it's a good thing you can't afford them because I think it's a I think it'd be bad if you did try and re-sign a lot of those players. And I think not saying that some of those players like their play was a bit of a like. What's the term? Um, an outlier, yeah, kind I of. Yeah, see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I would, I think you're doing the right thing and trying to rebuild through the draft because it's just That's simply the, a little yeah. unreasonable to bring back all these guys because they're going to want bigger contracts. You can't build 
dynasties out of free agency, that is for sure. Yeah, and the teams who try and do it often find themselves um, not making the playoffs or very disappointed. Now, the next the next tier of people I'm like kind of 50-50 on, and there's different reasons why. So, uh, actually, okay, I'm going to go running backs first. I'll do that. Uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. It does not appear that Miles Sanders is going to be coming back. And yeah, the big, I think the big reason for that is just because the way that the Eagles used him uh, doesn't make him appealing to come back. He's already he's already said he really wants to come back to Philly and that he doesn't he loves it here and that he doesn't want to leave. But from what he did, he only took fifty seven percent of the carries this season and. I mean, he still had great production for that 57%, but imagine what he could do if he could be a three-down back. Eagles don't pass to their running backs. Uh, they didn't use him as a three-down back. They really only used him as a two-down back. So I think there are teams that will pay him north of $10 million, like the, a Jaguars-type team where they come out of nowhere and yep. overpay him. But if he were to come back, I think he'd be looking at maybe a $6, 7000000 million-a-year deal, which I don't think he's think he believes he's worth worth more than that and i believe when you know you see a big difference in those numbers from two different teams that plays a big role i think boston scott is a more reasonable return than miles sanders Mm -hmm. boston scott was playing on the veteran minimum his contract this year was believed for 1.5 million he was not playing for much but he is a really good change up there's been talks of the eagles backfield being of trey sermon who you might remember from believe it was not this past year's draft, but the year before that, he was a third rounder and went to San Francisco. And San Francisco didn't really give him a chance. He played like three games and they kind of sent him off. Uh, So we got him and he played against the Jaguars this year and he had two carries, an average 17 yards of carry on those two carries and never took another snap. So there's there's talks of him, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell kind of creating a triple-headed backfield. And Kenny Gainwell, like you said last week, kind of had his coming-out party in the playoffs this season. So that's that's a big piece of it. I think Boston yeah, Scott with, definitely has a better chance. Yeah, with Miles Sanders, I just don't think it's very smart to bring him back because he, had a, he did have a great year on t- almost 260 rushing attempts. He had 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. And looking at, I think teams will look at um, the percentage of carries that he was getting, like you said, and realize that I think he could take that next big step. And he's 25 years old, and um, that money you would have to give to him, it would be a lot, and I think that would take away from the money you should be diverting to give to Jalen Hurts. And I think you have a better chance of finding another Miles Sanders um, in the draft, and I just don't think it's the smartest thing to bring him back because he's going to fetch a hefty price, and I think... He's going to really value himself high. He's 25 years old. He just came off of a pretty productive season. So I just think you just have to let him go. Uh, And that's another piece. I'll toss that in real quick. Jalen Hurts is also going to be re-signed this offseason. There's there's no doubt about that. You don't want to wait until next season to re-sign him because – That should be your first priority. Yes, there are – I mean, look, there are – say he comes out next season and doesn't have as good a season as he did this season – and then maybe that price tag goes down a little bit. But if he comes out and has a better season, then you're you're definitely in trouble then. So they're going to re-sign him this offseason. I believe they're waiting for Joe Burrow, 
Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, they're all going to get contracts. Now, here's the plus. I'm like 99% sure they can do this. I don't know how it's done because I'm not an NFL GM, but I believe that say they were to sign him to a another five-year, 40, 40 million a year deal, I believe they can take some of that money that say he's supposed to make next season and put it into this season because he's only, I believe he's making 1.5 mil this upcoming season because he's still on his rookie contract. He's not making much money at all. It's no more than $2 million. So he's on a very low contract, so I believe they can take some of that money that they would pay him and move it to this season and maybe make him have him making 10 mil for this season and then push the rest off for the next season. And if you backload it a little bit more, especially since in five years he'll still only be 29, if you backload it a little bit more, then uh, that cap goes up each year. So it you'd kind of be working the cap. Howie Roseman does a very good job of working the cap and kind of manipulating money that uh, they have for free agency. So I'm not exactly quite worried yet about what the team's going to be next season. But Jalen Hurts does play a huge role in how we run free agency. Yeah, and I think... You're ultimately waiting to see how the quarterback market turns out because you also have to wait for Daniel Jones. You have to kind of see what his contract is. Derek Carr just signed. He just a, signed uh, a. Th- it was about. It was four years like for 150 million. million. Four yeah, for 150. So, so that's going to be your kind of first benchmarker to see. Okay, what does he think he's going to be worth? Because I think he's going to look at that and say, and I, I think he's going to want at least. Or around the ballpark of 250 million is my guess, because um, looking at what Carr got, he's better than Carr. So that's I think I was going to say Carr. I think kind of messed up the. Yeah, um, I and I think Daniel Jones is really going to mess it up because I have a feeling the Giants are really going to kind of overpay for him. Um, I'm interested to see the Lamar situation because I think he's going to sign a franchise tag and then it's going to be like a then he's going to get traded at some point during the season. And then he's going to sign an extension. So I'm interested to see how that whole pans out and um, who's going to be the next Deshaun Watson and the fact that their contract is going to really kind of screw the market up. Yeah, so 37.5 per year for Derek Carr, which, I mean, Derek Carr isn't a terrible quarterback. But I think that's a little too steep. Uh, if you, I mean, also, if you're looking at the, the way quarterbacks are getting paid now, Dak is getting paid 40 mil, uh, yeah. cap's going up. So it's not exactly... As bad as I think it seems, but it is a little steep. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be making 50 mil easily. Uh, I believe Justin Herbert's probably going to make around 45. uh, Between 40 and 45, I would say, for Justin Herbert, which I believe is going to put Jalen Hurts in that 43 to 50 range. Uh, So that's that's definitely going to put a little bit of a toll on the Eagles' uh, salary but uh just real quick going through the other ones uh another quarterback who's up Gardner Minshew I don't see him coming back I believe that he's gonna want a starting job I do like him as a backup but he's gonna be expensive as a backup again he was on a rookie contract we had Mm -hmm. all three of our quarterbacks this season were on rookie contracts so we had nothing really to worry about for money that's not becoming a big issue but there's a lot of there's more veteran backup talent than there is uh, starting talent in the free agent in free agency right now. 
So especially with Derek Carr now being signed, that takes one more off. So Jimmy Garoppolo is really the only one who's left. Uh, yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers is a trade. Yeah, I think Minshew could go to the Jets because I don't think they're going to get a, like a bigger name quarterback because they, they missed out on Derek Carr. So I can see Minshew going to somebody like the Jets. Uh, wide receiver, Zach Paschal. And now this might sound a little crazy just because I know he's not the most glorious of names, but I would kind of like him back more than Quez Watkins. He started he started picking up now I have my reasoning. He started picking up more reps over during the playoffs because Quez Watkins, as I'm sure you saw throughout the playoffs and towards the end of the season, had some real ball security issues. He wasn't yeah. catching balls, he can't track the ball through the air. Uh, against the Cowboys, he had two balls ripped out of his hands when they were in his hands. So he's not he's not showing that he can really be an NFL strength wide receiver. Zach Paschal is a glorified what Greg Ward was. Greg Ward was a good route runner, uh, good short area quickness, who had good hands, and you knew he was going to get the ball. That's Zach Paschal. Good short area quickness, good at catching the ball, and he's really good at blocking too. So... Uh, I kind of want to see them bring him back. I'm not exactly sure they will, though, just because I don't know how much he'd make, especially with Shane Steichen in Indianapolis. He knows how he works. So that's another thing you got to keep in mind is Shane Steichen and Gannon knows a lot of these guys. So maybe they look to try to get some of them. Uh, and then the other big O lineman is Jason Kelsey. Obviously, I think that just depends on whether he wants to come back or not. If he wants to retire then he's going to walk. But I believe that if he wants to come back, then they are going to bring him back with open arms, especially yeah. with this past season was probably his best season as a center. He was flying around the field constantly. And if he comes back, then I'm sure they move Cam Jurgens, who they drafted in the second round, to be Jason Kelsey's predecessor to right guard, which also makes Isaac Sayamalu's value kind of useless in Philly. So... Uh, Jason Kelsey, I believe that just kind of depends on what he wants. Moving over to defense, uh, on the defensive line, all three of these guys, I believe, are kind of toss-ups. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave. Uh, not, I don't believe all three of them are getting brought back. Um, no. J Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox are around the same age. There's a two-year difference there. Javon Hargrave, I think Javon Hargrave is probably the better option between the two D tackles there. He, uh, he's a better pass rusher, he's younger, and he would complement Jordan Davis nicely if Jordan Davis can kind of get his uh, get his stuff going with run stuffing and all that, so they'd make a good complement, but Jordan Davis has got to step it up a bit. He didn't play great this past season, and then, but he's going to be another hefty contract. And Brandon Graham, another guy coming off of his best season, off of a torn Achilles, I'd like to see him back, but Brandon Graham already said this isn't his last season, so if he wants to play then and the Eagles don't bring him back, he's going to go sign somewhere else, which I yeah. would be quite upset to see. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to be a hefty contract. And with the Kelsey thing, I actually, if he does come back, I can see him taking kind of a hometown discount because I think he will understand the situation you're in and kind of help the team out with that. Yeah. So I think, that, I think that's what will probably happen with him. Uh, and I think... Another thing that rides on Jason Kelsey's uh, thing is 
does he think that they can go back to the Super Bowl? I mean, that's ultimately what yeah. they want to do when once you start getting up there in the age, the only thing you really care about is winning. You don't care about money as much. So if yeah. he goes, I'm sure his decision is probably going to be made after the draft and all that because I'm sure he wants to look at the team and think, is there a chance that we go back to the Super Bowl or is this going to be another crappy year and we're not going to do anything? So there's a, I think that's going to be a huge factor in his decision on if he plays again. Uh, Another big linebacker. Oh, I forgot an offensive line. Oh, I mentioned him earlier. Never mind. Andre Dillard. I said he wasn't coming back. Uh, Linebacker, TJ Edwards. I kind of want to see him come back. Him and N'Kobe Dean would make a really good linebacking core. Uh, this is it's kind of thrown up there because TJ Edwards, again, coming off of a great season, like you said, that might have just been an outlier. But yeah. one of only one of Kaiser White and TJ Edwards is coming back. We have N'Kobe Dean waiting in uh, just waiting in the back, kind of waiting for his time to shine. And last season he came in for a quarter and a half of football and led the team with nine tackles. So he uh he's definitely gonna be a stud and they're just they're only gonna re sign one of those guys. So that's I'm curious to see what happens there. And then safety I mentioned CJ Gardner Johnson and his value. And then Marcus Epps is the other one who I kinda see walking. I don't think they're gonna bring him back. Uh and then also our long snapper is up, but I don't think that really plays as big of a role. You as... need to do what we did a few years ago when we drafted a long snapper and Cameron Cheeseman. I was going to say, is that Cheeseman? Yep. And I remember you were clowning us so much for drafting. For a drafting long a refrigerator. You had mayo, Cheeseman, and then also Wild Goose. Like <laughs> We got some of the most in, interesting names in ever. Your front, in your front office, it was just... What are the wildest names out there? That's who we're picking yeah. next. It used to be for the Raiders what they would do, the Raider unknown. They'd either draft the special teamers or they'd draft some guy who was really tall and ran a re- really fast 40. That that was the Raider wave. You were if you're from our generation or a little bit before, you wonder like you understood like Darius Hayward Bay and a few other guys oh like that. Gosh. They were they were really tall and they could run fast. That's it. That was the criteria for Raiders players. I forgot Darius Hayward Bay existed. Yeah, and there's a like the only good one they had from that era was Nambi Asamoa. No, god no. Oh my gosh, you're giving me flashbacks. <laughs> he was he was part of what was supposed to be the dream team and he couldn't Oh, he was, he was terrible. Good for the Ra- he was good for the Raiders, but going on to the Commanders a little bit, um we released two players. We released Bob McCain that will save us around like Four and a half or four point four million that area. Um four point four two and we released Carson Wentz. Thank God. Yeah, that's and we around twenty nine million. I'm interested to see what happens with him because I mean I I honestly believe he just has his I believe he has a mental block and that's ultimately what's hurting his career more than him. I don't like yeah. we saw he has the talent to play in the NFL. He played yeah. well with the He Eagles. has the arm strength. And then the front office just killed him with putting Nick Foles in I mean that's and then drafting Jalen Hurts it's yeah and with Washington I mean like he played good in those like first he played great in that first game you saw his arm talent but the offensive line just really did not compliment it well at all I think he'll if he can take a massive pay cut like veteran minimum almost I think that he'll probably get a backup job somewhere because I just 
I mean, I think he could be a good backup, but yeah, I'm interested to see where his career goes at this point. He is struggling a lot. And I mean, I don't I don't really like to see it. I really liked him as an Eagle when he was playing well, but I, like I said, I think it's just a mental block in him that's kind of hurting him more than anything else because he has the talent. He's shown that he can play in the NFL, and it's just he played well for the Colts for a little bit, and then just the last two, three games, he just kind of collapsed. This season, he, again, collapsed. Like, it's, I don't know. I don't believe it's a talent issue. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. And real quick, uh, Eagles did void the James Bradbury contract, the TJ Edwards contract, and one more contract that I can't remember off the top of my head. I can find it real quick. But they voided those, which opened up $18 million in cap space. So that's that's why I said I'm not too worried about uh, anything yet because I believe Harry Roseman knows how to work his way around the cap and find a way to get some decent players and save some money so uh james bradbury javon hargrave kaiser white and tj edwards were the four that he voided which opened up 18.8 million cap space so that's uh that would put us at about 35 ish million in cap space because with the uh they had about 16 projected 16 mil going into the offseason so uh, that kind of wraps up that free agency starts nine days from now. So we will be looking into that because I'm sure we always have that first. Oh, actually, really, it starts six days from now because they started the uh, they started the negotiating window a couple seasons ago where the first three days before free agency, you're allowed to talk to people and kind of agree to terms. You're just not allowed to sign paper yet. So free agency really starts in six days, but the actual signing and free agency frenzy starts in nine days, which I'm looking forward to is that kind of gets us one step closer to the season. Yeah, Uh, me too. After that, we have to start thinking about the draft. Yeah, which I think the Eagles could also just draft a backup quarterback again because I don't think it'll mess with Jalen Hurts like it did Carson Wentz. I mean, if you do, I think it should be like a six rounder. I yes, wouldn't go I agree. any higher than like fifth, because at that point, like, there's no reason to do that. There's other positions you need to fill. I I actually heard a, I heard a not a rumor, but a. I don't know what the word is, but speculation. It, I guess a speculation, but it's it was just kind of a theory. That's what I'm looking for. A theory that they should draft Hendon Hooker out of. Tennessee because he kind of has the same play style as Jalen Hurts so if he were to if he were to have to come in then they don't have to take away the RPO aspect that the Eagles run like they had to do with Gardner Minshew when he came in because Hendon Hooker still has legs he's got an arm which I think would kind of be an interesting uh drawing but like you said it should be a late round pick but uh draft isn't until April so we definitely got a little bit to wait on that that all yeah, you got. I also heard speculation that uh, a lot of people think that John Robinson is a good fit for the Eagles and that if he's there at 10, I could possibly see you guys taking him to kind of fill that running back issue. I am 
99% confident they will not draft a running back with the number 10 pick. I don't we, I don't think we never they, know what the Eagles are going to do, especially a few years ago. I can when, tell I can tell you. Like I looked at it, I don't know if I told you this last week or not, but I looked at the Eagles drafts over the last 20 years and there were two DBs and two cornerbacks taken in the first round. Oh, and a, I think three wide receivers every single other year. So that's a total of seven years. Every other year was an offense or defensive lineman. No yeah. running backs, no linebackers. It's, uh, so yeah, I remember it's, a few years ago we were having this conversation that they really needed a linebacker. They needed a linebacker. It was last they, year, yeah. They, didn't draft, they just didn't draft one. And they did in the third round. Like I said, N'Kobe Dean does look decent, but... Uh, yeah, but I would. I think you'd probably prefer the uh, for, um, first round linebacker than you would uh, another lineman. Well, he was supposed to be a first round linebacker, but he got hurt. So uh, it's kind of like the Montez Sweat thing, where he was supposed to be like a top ten, top five pick, but that misdiagnosis and he yeah. he dropped. So uh, I'm not complaining because now he takes less money, so we have more cap space. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but is that all you got for? NFL? That's all I got for NFL. Uh, so, yeah, like you said earlier, uh, NHL trade deadline just passed. And, I mean, I can really sum up the Flyers trade deadline for you in one word. Nothing. I mean, yep. they, they made three trades, and they were all small players, small things that no one, that you don't really see them do. They mm-hmm. traded. Like, you didn't trade JVR. No one would take JVR. That's the issue. There, I saw something that said the Flyers got no offers for for JVR. They uh, they were trying. They were shopping them around, and there were like there were times where people were interested. I know the Golden Knights were interested in him. I think I saw St. Louis was interested interested in him for a bit. But at the end of the day, no one made an offer for him, and that's why he didn't get traded. The uh, the three players that they did trade were all fourth were all fourth liners. They traded away Patrick Brown for uh, oh it doesn't he go he went to Ottawa and I believe yeah they got a sixth round pick from Patrick Brown. They traded Zach McEwen to the Kings. We got Brendan Lemieux in return and I believe the best Lemieux. Brendan Lemieux in a twenty twenty four fifth round pick in exchange for Zach McEwen. And then we also traded uh, Isaac Ratcliffe earlier, like a week before the trade deadline. So, and Isaac Ratcliffe hasn't, I don't think he's played a game in the NHL this season. So Flyers haven't done any, didn't do anything for the trade deadline. Which, I mean, I kind of look at it two ways. One, uh, it's... That kind of really means this season's just going to be a scratch anyway because they weren't really making any moves. But it also makes me worry that uh, next season, like they're not really making a move for next season. Because both of those picks, that all three picks that they got were later than a fifth round. They got a fifth round, I believe, two six rounds from all three trades and Brendan Lemieux, who's a fourth liner. Uh, so they didn't really do much, but JVR, he won't be coming back next season, so I'm not that worried about it. Uh, and then everything else is just kind of waiting to see what happens. I, I am kind of interested because there were talks of Ivan Provorov maybe leaving and Tony D'Angelo. They were up for talks in, uh, 
in the trade deadline, but nothing happened there. So uh, that is, like I said, that really sums up the Flyers' trade deadline. They didn't do anything. And, oh, but guess what they did do? They scored. Not only did they win, but they also scored more than two goals in a game. Wow, that is such yeah. a How about horrible that one? accomplishment. That yeah, is sad. They still haven't done anything since – I think they played – two games since the last time they talked and again uh very little wins and very little goals but travis connectney's on ir so that kind of hurts them a, a lot because he's a lot of their goal scoring yeah uh, i think at this point you just need to tank for bedard they're not gonna tank for bedard that's not what T- tortorella does that also yeah, that's puts, not the philly way that that puts a stench in the locker room if you if you tell your team to lose and that's the culture you build, then you're in. You're putting yourself in a bad spot anyway. Tortorella is going to come in. He's going to try to win, and that's what I want him to do. I have no complaints about his hiring. I really like him as a coach. He is a Philly-type coach. He's telling the team to grind it out. They're still winning games. They're doing better this season at the point of this season than they were at this point last season. Uh, players are looking better. Owen Tippett looks good. Travis Konechny has scored a career high in goals. Uh, Cam York has been playing pretty well since he's come up. Carter Hart is having a career year. I mean, they are all together. You're seeing strides from players that you need to see strides from. So, And on top of that, the worst team in the league only has an 18% chance to actually get the number one pick due to the lottery. So as long as we finish in the bottom seven, we still have a pretty good chance to get Bedard if we really want him. So... Uh, yeah, I understand that, but I just have a like I have a feeling with this team that like if you don't get Bedard or any like I have a feeling you they do need gonna, star power. Yeah, this power. team is going to be in hockey purgatory. You're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to get in the top seven. So you'll just be in that really horrible limbo that no hockey fan wants to be in ever. There is and, a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of talks going around about how bad Chuck Fletcher is as a GM. Yeah, I, you know the you know the meme of the. The three dragon heads with like the two mm-hmm. yellow. Real, yeah, there. Uh, yeah. I saw one. And it's like, I saw one where it's like uh, Howie Roseman. I think Do- Don Dombrowski for the uh, for the Phillies, and then Chuck Fletcher is the other one. Yeah, he's the he's the really messed he, up. Yeah, he's the jerk. one that's just like I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so there's yeah, there's a lot of talks saying people they need to get rid of Chuck Fletcher, sell the team. Uh, there's there's been a hey, lot. Hey, welcome of, to the club. Yeah, honestly, team, bro. Welcome. It's, it's been downhill since Ed Snyder passed away, so uh, that's for sure. People are starting to wear bags on their heads to Flyers games. I saw, I saw on a, I don't remember who posted it, but I saw from a from some Philly sports page, and they go, if you're going to any Comcast sport, uh, sport owned team, so the 76ers and the Flyers then wear a bag on your head to the game because you don't want to show your face there. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Seems like Detroit Lions territory. <laughs> yeah, you're like bordering on like prime Aints territory. That's where you're heading. Yeah, it's uh it's rough. I mean, I just I just enjoy it because I like I enjoy watching the sport, but it And sometimes bad teams can be fun to watch. Like that, the butt fumbled Jets. I had yeah. so much fun watching that team, purely for the fact that I don't think I've ever laughed harder than I have watching that team in it, the NFL. So, okay, you know how the Steelers were this past season, where they were so boring to watch because 
Their yeah. defense was good that they didn't allow the other team to score points, but their offense was so bad that they the didn't future, score points yeah. either. That's the Flyers right now. Like Carter Hart is so good at goaltending that the other team can't score goals. And like same with Sam Erson. Like he's come up this season and when he's played, he's also been putting on a show. And the other team can't score goals. But then the Flyers offense is so putrid that they can't <laughs> score goals either. So every game that you watch, it's like a two to one game or a three to two game. Like there are no fun, high scoring six to five games. Like it is nothing. And it's either one way or the other if it is. The Devils just beat the Flyers seven to nothing. Like there's yeah. it's not fun to watch. Like it's kind of boring because it's the other team can't score, but neither can you. And it's the yeah, I'd rather be getting like yammed on seven nothing and I Okay, n- no, I would not I would rather I would rather high scoring losses where it's at least fun to watch than low scoring shootout law lo- not literally yeah, shootout I would, losses. But, I would too, like I would rather see my team get like beat like be seven, six, to, five. seven to yeah, like something like that versus like a two to one where the one goal we got was kind of lucky and, and and it being like so close that it's like it's kind of you get that feeling where it's like it is such a close game like you get one bounce and you can score and win like and it's just like you have that little glimmer of hope up until the and last second and, they take and away it just falls you. apart and it's like oh that that's also so hard to watch like that makes it so hard so hard to watch too so it's not it's not fun to watch it's definitely on the weaker side of the nhl at this point in time but um I am interested to see what happens in the future. And that little glimmer of hope that I had for the playoffs, that's not going to happen either. They, nope. They're definitely down in the points category than I, what they were at, after the All-Star break. We go to the other side, and then we'll talk about all the other trades that happened, like the big interesting trades. Uh, going through that, well, first, break your news that uh, you just had. So I just looked on my phone, um, and Geno Smith just resigned. Um, to the Seahawks for three years, hundred five million, and I, I, I like that deal. Three years, hundred five. So you're looking at thirty three, thirty four ish. Thirty yeah, yeah thirty four a year, thirty four point five a year. Trying to do quick math in my head. Uh, so that's yeah, that's not terrible, but uh, the. But to finish up this trade deadline, against. Maybe not all odds, but against what a lot of people thought, Caps actually made a lot of moves in the trade deadline. Um, I kind of wish we made more, but the moves we made were great. Um, I already discussed the Hathaway and Orloff deal. I thought I still think that's a great, that's a great package for us. But Marcus Johansson was sent to the Wild for a third pick, for a third round pick. I like the third round pick, but I also like Marcus Johansson, so I'm kind of sad about that. But it's a decent trade. And then we turn around, we traded Eric Gustafson in that Boston first round we got to the Leafs for Rasmus Sandin, which I really like. He's a 22-year-old NHL defenseman, and he's um, he didn't really fit in with Toronto, and I think he could do really well here. So I like that pick, or uh, that trade. I think Gustafson was at the height of his um, value, so I think that's really smart business, um, getting rid of him at his high and getting a 22-year-old defenseman, so that's great. And for me, the best trade that uh, the entire kind of saga was Lars Eller to the Avalanche for a second round pick. I know it's 2025, yeah, but how, how on earth did we get a second round pick for Eller at this point in his career? Yeah, that that is quite a high. That's a steal. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it? 
I guess actually lottery wouldn't play a factor in it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that would work. That's that's a great pick, but I still wish we got rid of Mantha because I just think at this point Mantha stinks. I've never seen a player look more uninterested than Anthony Mantha. Um, I'm ready for him to be gone. Um, and I think in the off season, I think we should make a few more trades. Like honestly, I think we can we should consider um, seeing what we could possibly get for Kuznetsov and Carlson. Because I think at this point, you're going to get the most you can for him. And I think Carlson's going to fall off the cliff soon. Um, but I do think this there's an upside for this team. Because in the first game where Lavulette was forced to play young players, we scored eight goals. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you. I thought for sure you guys... I didn't think you guys would be selling. I thought you guys were just going to be one of those teams who's kind of quiet. Like, you're not really doing anything. You're kind of just sitting there and watching everything else go while uh, everyone is kind of doing their thing. And you're just kind of sitting there like, well, if we make the playoffs, we do. If not, oh, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're a seller. Um, I think it's it's time because I think if we were to try to try and hold on a bit longer, then we would really mess our, mess our future up completely. So I think right now is the time to do – not a full rebuild, but a major, major retool. Now, here's the thing with uh, the only thing that I have with like the lower, the lower picks. Like I said, Flyers really only got like fifth and sixth round picks. You guys got a second rounder for Lars Eller, which sounds great. But the thing about the the thing about the NHL is it's not like football. It's a lot harder to find really good talent later in the draft than it is in the NFL, in my personal opinion. Like, you don't see it very often. Usually when you start getting past the first round, you're starting to get a little bit shaky in the talent range just because you're drafting literal children. So it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's hard to look at. But, I mean, obviously every piece helps because you could, you could find that diamond in the rough. But... Yeah. Uh, it's not because I believe Wayne Gretzky went undrafted, didn't he? Maybe I'm, I'm like 99% sure that no, Wayne Gretzky went no, undrafted. He was drafted third in his year, he was drafted. Who am I thinking of that went undrafted but ended up being a great? I'm gonna check, but I'm pretty sure Wayne Gretzky was undrafted. Uh, but yeah, so the the talent to in the NHL is a lot harder to find later in drafts because you're drafting 16 and 17 year olds while they are still in the juniors. Okay, maybe Wayne was undrafted. I yeah, thought that's he was what I thought. Wayne Gretzky was undrafted. Oh, I wanted to I wanted to make sure, but yeah, uh, I know Mario Lemieux was a first overall pick, but. Because I remember listening, do you uh, remember the one Bar Down podcast they were talking about mm -hmm. that? And yeah. Yeah, so that's, they were talking about Wayne Gretzky, and they're like, oh, uh, no, Wayne Gretzky went undrafted. So, yeah, I, I thought for sure that he went undrafted. But, like I said, occasionally you find your diamond in the rough, Wayne Gretzky being that, a perfect example of that. But it's not always a thing that happens couple other big trades in the NHL. Uh, 
I think the biggest one, at least for me, just because I like him as a player, is Kane going to Patrick mm-hmm. Kane to the Rangers. That's a huge trade. The Rangers now look like a huge threat, which I believe we talked about this last week because I believe it was yeah, last cool. week that he got traded. So uh, that one is probably the biggest for me. Jonathan Quick, did you see he got flipped immediately from yeah, Columbus Yeah, he got to traded Vegas. to the Columbus Blue Jackets and then either got released or traded to the no, Vegas he got, Golden No, he got traded to the Golden Knights immediately, yeah. which that was weird to see him in a, in a Golden Knights uniform when I... Can you imagine being Jonathan Quick? Like, I don't know how quickly it all happened, and if he was uh, told, you know, don't leave LA, like, don't come to Columbus yet, like, we don't want you. Yeah. Because imagine the. Oh, go ahead. The Columbus social media team did a goodbye post where it says your time here was quick. Oh, uh, or it's like the, you know, uh, the Simpsons meme where the grandpa abe walks in and he walks in oh, yeah, his hat, he walks, walks in, around like, twice and yeah. then grabs it and walks yeah. back out that was jonathan quick's time in yep. columbus uh so there's there's a that was basically what he did in columbus I, but i want to see if it was if he kind of if he went to columbus and then had to go back out to vegas or if they were like hold on don't go anywhere i want to see what happens first because when I saw that trade, I was like, why is Columbus trading for Jonathan Quick? Like, they're not doing anything. I, they're yeah, they're the like the worst team in the league. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if they get Connor Bedard, Patrick Lineage, Connor Bedard, and Jor- Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Hockey. That That'd is... be nasty. Another huge trade of the day for me was um, Tyler Bertuzzi to the Bruins. Yeah, that was a huge one. I think, like, uh, Eastern Conference final between the Bruins and the Rangers, that will be a great... Um, and like looking at the Bruins, I believe I saw a stat recently where they're like the fastest ever team to like a hundred points or something. Or yeah, like they, seven. Did, they did in like sixty-two games. Yeah, so that team is gonna be a nightmare for anybody. And who thought Linus Allmark would be undoubtedly like he's yeah he's playing fast as a goalie this year. He's like he's gonna win the Vesna. Yeah, he's gonna win the Vesna. Uh, there was, I want to say there was another big one that I. Saw Timo this. Meyer to the Devils. Timo Meyer is a big one. Um, my computer is just freaking out. It won't. I'm trying to find all these trades and it won't let me. So, uh, but yeah, Timo Meyer to the Devils. That's another big one because the Devils are playing really well this season. Um, yeah. And then Max Domi went to the Stars. I think that one's kind of a big piece. Poor Max Domi, like. Max Domi is a decent player, and he hasn't been able to stay on a team. Like, wherever he goes, that team just kind of falls apart. Um, Shane Gossespair went to the Hurricanes. Uh, so they got their – they got a power play coat or power play point there now. Jordan uh, Greenway got traded to the Sabres. Klingberg went to the Ducks, who yeah. was another offensive no. – I thought he went from he went from the Ducks. Oh yes, from the Ducks to the Wild. Did yeah. you see the uh, the brother trade between Arizona and Calgary? Oh yeah, I did. I did see that. Uh, Nick Ritchie goes to Calgary, and Brett Ritchie goes to Arizona. 
Um, Vrana got traded to the Blues, so that Mantha Vrana trade was ultimately a lose lose for both teams. Penguins got Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, you already mentioned Jordan Greenway. Your boy Yakuborchak got sent to the desert. Oh, I didn't even see that. Uh, he got yeah, traded. he got traded to the Yotes. Which that that's one of those trades that I'm talking about, where it's like these low teams who aren't gonna win anything trade players. It's like, what are you trading? Yeah, nothing. It's happen. weird. Uh, Nick Benino's going back to Pittsburgh. Already mentioned Jacob Vrana. Talked about Jacob, uh, Domi. Domi. Chichron got traded yeah, to the Sixers, and yeah, everybody got tired of hearing him because pretty much every single team was linked to him at some point. Like the Caps were like, "Oh, we could get Jacob Chichron." Yeah, I heard about the Flyers looking at Jacob Chichron too. Over the everybody offseason. was looking at him. Uh, where did he go again? Uh, the Senators. Nothing. Yes, yes. That's a nice little trade for the Sens. For for some reason, I can't remember. I could never. I can never remember where Chickering went. So, uh, Pittsburgh gets Michael Granlin too. Uh, that's really all the big, big, big yeah. names that I'm. Oh, Dylan Larkin got re-signed. That's pretty big. Oh yeah, because um, when it due- looked like he was gonna leave. Yeah, it looked like he was gonna be a free agent this season. So. It's really all the big, big trades for this offseason. Yeah, now we're getting back down to last week where we're looking at the Patrick Kane trade. but uh, And the Tarasenko one. Yeah, Tarasenko. Yeah, the Rangers look scary. Yeah, they're looking nasty. Um, I think that series, if it ultimately happens, the series between New York and Boston, that's going to be good, and that's going to be really physical. Uh, but with that, I believe that's all I have for the NHL. If you do, you want to add anything about Caps? What they've been doing? I mean, they just sold everything, so I'm so sure um, it's not we, much good to report. We beat the Sharks eight to three. Um, so that was an offensive explosion after we traded everybody, and uh, we should fire Laviolette. He should <laughs> not survive the season. Should we? we uh, should we go back? Take a flashback to what I said when you hired Laviolette. No, we should not. We should just forget that ever happened. And I know you're already you you want to be smug, and you're gonna do I that need, regardless. But let's just move on from that. I need to I need to find the clip. Uh, no, you, you, you don't. No, you don't. I, I said three years of mediocrity. How long <laughs> did you hire him? Three years ago. Yeah, this is his third year. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. You were on point. I told you three years of mediocrity. Uh, so with that, with that perfect ending, I believe we should end it off there. Uh, you guys can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Brotherly Love in the District, Spotify, or Apple. Um, can rate us on Spotify and Apple. Uh, you can email us questions or comments to put in here at blndc at gmail.com. And you can check out our Instagram and TikTok at blndc. And with that, that is going to end off our episode for this week. So we will see you guys next week. See you later.